Father which are in heaven. How we praise and worship you. We just like like a sinner saved by your grace. Those who has experienced your wonderful grace. We want to confess, Lord, that you are our Lord. You are the one who reigns forever and ever. And Lord, so we we want to commit our lives to you. Asking your Holy Spirit to to give more grace to each one of us. Make your life a your word alive in our lives. Lord speak to us. Make us every moment, every day in our lives. To have this wonderful prayer. That your kingdom come. And your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's turn to Micah, book of Micah, chapter 7. Micah, chapter 7, verse 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives? The transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham as you pledge an oath to our father in days of long ago. You know, we are reading the last part of Book of Micah. Now, here is a very important phrase, Who is a God like you? This phrase, actually, is the key to the whole book. When we come to the last, uh, when we come to the last three verses of the whole book, then we will be we will be able to understand who is a God like Him. Then we turn to the beginning of the book. Chapter one, verse one. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresha during the reigns of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, 
king of Judas, the vision he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. 当犹大王约丹亚哈斯西西加在位的时候,莫利沙人尼加米加德耶和华的末世论撒玛利亚和耶路撒冷。Now Micah is the author of this book. We know he is one of the prophets in the Old Testament. Now the name Micah means that who is a God like Jehovah. So you see, when we come to the end of the chapter, the book, who is a God like you? Then in the beginning we were reminded we are reminded the name of the author or the name of the prophet is Micah, who is the God is a God like Jehovah. Now here we find two uh in a two uh, uh we find uh, in this first one, we find two keys here. First, we were told we are told the Micah of Morris, Morisha. Now, the name Morisha is very important name. Now from that name we know there's a story. And that story will tell you who is a God like him. Then there's another phrase during the reigns of Jotham, Ahab and Hezekiah. We know Hezekiah is one of the king of Judah who almost like a watershed, the dividing line of history of uh, of the kingdom of Israel. Well, let me try to review a little bit about the history of Israel. Now, you know the story of David. And the kingdom of David is a unified kingdom. Then we discover his son was sitting in his throne. Actually, if you read Matthew chapter 1, there are 14 kings sitting on the throne of David. Now, there, are, there were 14 kings, yet there is only one throne. Solomon was sitting at the throne of David. Hezekiah also sat on the throne of David. So, when, when uh, the throne passed on to Solomon, and we know that Solomon was the great king. He received the wisdom. So he became most wise man in this world. Aside from our Lord, in history, you couldn't find anyone else who is wiser than Solomon. 
But can you believe that? He was the most wise man on this earth. Yet he was the most foolish man on this earth. How could you harmonize these two facts? If Solomon was wise, he should not be foolish. If he is foolish, he should not be wise. But remember, in the character of Solomon, the wise and the fool combine into one. That's a picture of you and me. You see, now we know that Solomon has been given the wisdom. And we know that he has written 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 hymns, uh, songs. And many kings, even Queen Bisheba, Queen Sheba came and want to listen and to listen to the words of his wisdom. Now he was able to describe everything. And from see the tree to the smallest plant. You see, everyone wants to go to him and try to listen to him. They want to embrace the wisdom of Solomon. But unfortunately, Solomon has worshipped idols. You know, to worship idol is most foolish thing. How is it possible for a wise man like Solomon eventually become the worshipper of idols? And because of that sin, and now the kingdom of David was divided. So God wanted to take back the kingdom from Solomon. But he remembered his covenant with his father David. So God only gave ten tribes to the other people. So for that reason, and we know that now there were, the kingdom was divided. Northern kingdom is called kingdom of Israel. Ten tribes. Now in the beginning, it was led by one of the uh, by one of the servants of. They are of, of Solomon. One of the subjects of Solomon, <coughs> by the name of Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Now, uh, he, uh, one day, you know, uh, uh, one day a prophet came to him and tell him that God will give him the ten pieces. Uh, now, ten pieces out of twelve pieces to him. And for that reason, he's supposed to lead the ten tribes to have another nation, another kingdom. 
So we know that these two kingdoms were divided. The, the kingdom of David was divided. In the time of David and Solomon, it was a unified kingdom. But now divided. The southern kingdom is called kingdom of Judah. And northern kingdom is called Israel. And the northern kingdom was led by Jeroboam. And the southern kingdom was led by uh by uh Rehoboam. So so you see that that the son of David and the son of Solomon. So here you find two kingdoms formed. And then, if you read on the story of these two parts, and that's why you found that's why you find the stories in the first king and second king. You also find some story in uh, in second chronicles. And then, let us remember. When we talk about Rehoboam. Or we talk about his son. Or we talk about his grandson. We know the grandson of Now that's also was sitting on the throne of David. So when you talk about this king in the beginning of the in the beginning of divided kingdom. So now when Micah wrote this book, we were told that he was the word came to him of the Lord came to him during the reigns of Jotham, Ahab and Hezekiah. So on the fourth year of Hezekiah, the divided kingdom came to the very end. Do you see that? That means how it became the end. Because the ten tribes of uh, of uh, northern kingdom were <coughs> captured into Assyria. So now it becomes single kingdom. Unified kingdom. Divided kingdom. And single kingdom. The first king of the single kingdom is Hezekiah. So now you understand. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Means that we come to the very end of divided kingdom. The northern kingdom is supposed to be, it soon will be collapsed. Will disappear into history. And then there is only Hezekiah left. But remember, the days won't be too long. Another hundred years. Then you discover the Judah, the kingdom of Judah also went to its history. So in this in this juncture. And the word of the Lord came to Micah. 
When you see the divided kingdom come to the very almost come to the very end. And then the word came to Micah. But very interesting. Before Micah was born, many things already happened. Especially we were told that Micah of Moresha. Now, Mauritius was one of the most important fortified towns in the kingdom of Judah. It was built by Rehoboam. You see, when you fortify all these cities, it means you want to fortify the kingdom of David. The kingdom of Judah to be to be fortified. So you can imagine and there are many fortified cities being fortified by King Rehoboam. And uh, Micah was born in that city. So many years before he was born, some story already happened in that town. That city was a fortified city. Now, why that city was important? Because when the people of Philistine try to invade the kingdom, there are many ways to enter and to enter into the enter into the kingdom. But there is a place. Is from the south. So not only Philistine could attack Jerusalem from that city. Now most important thing is that the, um, the most important thing is the army from Egypt. So now you remember the story. In the reign of Rehoboam, in the first few years, he tried to fortify all these cities. Military speaking, he was successful. But gradually, he, he, he walked away from the will of God. And his children, his people, follow him. Now, the discipline hand definitely came to Rehoboam. And then we were told there was a Pharaoh. The king of Egypt, by the name of Shishak. Shishak. Now, he is one of the most important pharaohs in history of Egypt. In the time of Moses, in the time of Moses, the most famous pharaoh, the name is Ramses the Second. So, in the Moses time, or Ramses the Great. Okay. Okay. So that's that's in the time of Moses. Now in the time of Solomon. In the time of David. No, in the time of Solomon or in the time of Rehoboam. And the most powerful Pharaoh was 
king Shishak. And he was uh, he was very, very powerful. Now I think we better uh, show you where in the Bible mention of this. Uh, if you turn to Second uh, Chronicles, uh, no Second Chronicles. Chapter 12, verse 2, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Reoboam. Now, with twelve hundred chariots and sixty thousand horsemen, and innumerable troops of Libyan uh, Sukites and Kushites that came with him from Egypt. And, and he captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Now one of the city was the hometown of Micah. Now you see how the Dismihan came to uh, to Reborn and his people. But now when the prophet tried to explain the whole thing to the king. The leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is just. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, this word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. My wrath will not pour out on Jerusalem through Shishak. So you see, one of the fortified city was taken. Because any army from Egypt definitely will attack the hometown of uh, of Micah. Because there are five valleys in that area able to reach Jerusalem. So because because of that, definitely and this hometown of Micah is on one of the valleys. Now Shisha was powerful. It was so powerful. Jeroboam actually he fled to Shishak. He was under the wing of Shishak. 
And later he came back. To take to take over the northern kingdom. So you can imagine, now you can understand what happened in the time of And now the hometown the hometown of Micah actually that time fallen into the hand of Shisha. Then when we come to the grandchild, grand grandson of of Rehoboam, King Then something happened again. So let's turn to uh, uh, let's turn to chapter fourteen. Verse 9. Zira the Cushites march out against them. Now Cushite actually means people of Ethiopia. Now ancient Ethiopia is quite different from modern Ethiopia. Now ancient Ethiopia roughly means Nubia. Now when you talk about Nubia, it means uh, it means southern it means southern part of Egypt and northern part of Sudan. So the ratio is about one to three. So one fourth territory of Nubia is Egypt. Including today's Aswan of Egypt. And then if you come to the to the uh, uh, northern part of uh, Sudan. So this is called Kush Kush in the Bible. Or ancient Ethiopia. Now something happened. When we come to the time of the grandson of Rehoboam, now the Kush king, Kush, the king of Kushite, of the Kushite, they unify that area. So they conquered the whole Egypt. Now who conquered the Egypt? The name called Zira the Kushite. You see, the, the Zira used to be in Nubia. So now extend his territory all the way to the whole Egypt. But now he wants to invade Judah. Again, the first city to take over is the hometown of so verse 9. Zira, the Kushai, marched out against them with a vast army and 300 chariots. So now one translation is the vast army of a million. The 300 chariots and came as far as Marasha. Now that's exactly the same town of the the, the where the, the, the where uh, Micah was born. 
Asa went out to meet him. And they took a battle position in the valley of the Fata near Marasha. So, brother, that things happen in the beginning of the divided kingdom. Asa was the first king in that in the northern kingdom who was who doing something according uh, correctly according uh, in the eyes of God. So Asa called to the Lord his God. So listen to his prayer. He said, Lord, there is no one like you. To help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you. And in your name you have come against the vast army. Oh Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So you see, brothers and sisters, here, if you summarize the prayer of Asa, who is a God like Jehovah? Because, because there is no Lord, there is no one like you. Oh Lord, you are our God. Do not let them prevail against you. No man, nor thing, nor evil, nor false God prevail against you. So now remember, this is the city where Michael was born. Now behind the city, there is a great fact. In that great victory, when you overcome Cushite, uh, when you overcome uh, the king of Cush, a uh, king the Cushite, it simply means that you overcome the you overcome the Pharaoh. Do you see that? God uses to discipline the people of Israel. Do you see that? When, uh, when, 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 uh, uh, when Solomon uh, worshipped the idols, now God has raised a person. And God wants to give that ten pieces to him. And that Jeroboam fled for his life. And he all the way went to Egypt. He was under the wing of Shishak. He went for the time when Solomon died. He came back and take over the northern city. And at the same time, and you remember how Shishak himself led the great army try to attack the try to attack Judah. 
You know that that's all part of this being hand of the Lord. Now remember why, how, how uh, Solomon corrupts, how Solomon corrupts. How Solomon worshipped idols? Because he married many, many, he married many daughters of heathens. We do not know the name of his wife. We only know that his wife is daughter of Pharaoh, that's all. Bible only says he is the daughter of his daughter of his daughter of Pharaoh. And not only that, in order to give the the in order to give um, you know when uh, now in that marriage now Pharaoh has to give his daughter something as a gift. So you know what was the gift? He conquered one of the cities of Judah. Called Gizer. Now when you take the city of Gizer, he destroyed all the people in, in the city. And then he has given that city as a gift for his daughter when her daughter, when his daughter married to Solomon. It was ironic, you see. It was Solomon's father who conquered the city called but, but anyway, that's the marriage. And uh, Solomon married to a daughters of daughters of Pharaoh. And later also the daughter of Moabite. From Moab, and daughter of Ammon, and finally he was all fall into the temptation. So he worshipped the God from all these places. Now you can imagine the marriage to the Pharaoh's daughter already beginning of that fall. People may be very wise, but he will become full after he can marry. You see, that's what happened with Adam, with Solomon. He was supposed to be the most wise man, but he was influenced by his wife. Brothers and sisters, you see, the world of Egypt. Was able to control the mind of Solomon through Pharaoh's daughter. So you always see that Solomon is some way always under the shadow of Egypt. And then who will take over the city, northern 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 uh, kingdom? Even Solomon tried to persecute Jeroboam. He went away. 
He waited in Egypt. Finally remember. With the support of Shishak. He was a he was able to rule over the northern kingdom. But the disciplined hand is still there. Because reborn and also his son also sing against God. Now only when Asa came to the throne. But anyway, when the enemy really tried to attack Judah. Now how can you show to the people? Who is God? Who is a God like God? Think about it. For Solomon. Bow from Sidon. From Sidon. And many other false gods from Moab and from Ammon. This, they are many so-called gods. You see the brothers and sisters, if you study the history of divided kingdoms, now they all suffer from the disease of Solomon. So think about it. Now in the back, in the in behind, actually who was who was on the throne? Actually Egypt was on the throne. Shisha actually came from Libya today. But he conquered Egypt. And later, you know, Egypt was conquered by Kushites. And then another invasion. They aim at the hometown of Micah. And that's what happened. And then you remember the prayer of Asa. Now remember, brothers and sisters, when you summarize the whole prayer, so when you come to the very end of this book, and then you find that the prayer of Micah is who is a God like you? So now you take the whole book to describe who is a God like our Lord. And that wonderful story about the hometown of Micah to tell the world who is a God like our Lord. Now remember, that was only the beginning of the divided kingdom. But now in the time of Micah, Almost the end of divided kingdom. The hand of God much more severe. And then the word from Michael also become very strong. You see that? And later, you know, in the time of Jeremiah. You see, because Jeremiah there to prophesy against Jerusalem. So now the king at that time, the king of Judah didn't like it. Now eventually they put Jeremiah in a dungeon. But you know, brothers and sisters, there are some people try to speak for Jeremiah. No, they quote Micah. 
In this book, when Micah prophesied against Jerusalem, then what he said, his desire will be plowed like a field. Chapter 3, verse, last verse. Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill, a mound overgrown with the tickets. Remember, this word is against Jerusalem. Actually, he aimed at the ears of Hezekiah. So Hezekiah definitely is not pleased with it. So Hezekiah, it's possible for Hezekiah just put Micah in prison. But somehow Hezekiah listened to it. Do you see that, brother? That's why, by the God's mercy, in the time of Hezekiah, even when the, all the fortified towns of Judah fall into the hand of Assyria, only one town left. That was Jerusalem. Now, when the when the when Jerusalem was at the verge of being completely destroyed. The word of Micah came to Hezekiah. And not only his word. Also in the palace, there is another word, uh, another word from Isaiah. So Micah and Isaiah are all the prophets in the, almost the same period. So you see, brothers and sisters, now when Micah Prophesy against Jerusalem. So, Hezekiah was there. Because remember, if God did not have mercy on Hezekiah, remember that army of Assyria not only captured the northern the ten tribe of northern kingdom. Now it's very possible at the same time the king of Judah will be gone. But thank God. Now finally from Hezekiah you still have sometimes until the whole city being taken by Babylonia. So Hezekiah was facing the great army of Assyria. But where they came to attack Jerusalem? Again, the same area of hometown of Micah. Amazing. So you see, when all the fortified towns were taken, except only Jerusalem left. Now, brothers, these are the true prophecy given by Micah. On one hand, he prophesied against Jerusalem, against Judah. 
and also again their leader. Because this whole book can be divided by three parts. The middle part is aiming at the leaders in Jerusalem and Samaria. So my brothers sisters, you see that this were uh, simply against uh, against uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So you see, my brothers, when you come to this book, if we have the background or if we have if we know background enough, now it's much easier for us to appreciate this whole book. So remember this whole not uh, is not only addressing to Hezekiah, not only Ahaz, not Joseph, not, Joseph, not only just uh, a southern kingdom. No. So if you read carefully, the whole prophecy is to the people of Israel as a whole. So on one hand he used the word Jacob. On the other hand he used the word Israel. Now whenever Jacob and Israel, he always addressed to the children of God as a whole. But the reality was a divided reality. So when that happened, Micah used Samaria to represent the north. And Jerusalem to represent the south. Or Judah definitely represents the south. But anyway, when you talk about Israel, talk about Jacob. It's always talk is always addressed to the people of God in general. So if we divide these three books, uh, this book into three parts, you find the first two chapters, the first part. The last two chapters, the third part. In the middle of course, the middle part, the second part. Now every part begins with the word here. Now the law addressed to three kinds of audiences. For example, verse two, chapter one. Hear, O people, all of you. Hear, O people, all of you. Verse 2. Uh, verse 2. Uh, verse 2. One man, one man. Okay, one man, all who are in it. Uh, so, the all who are in it. not just the people of Israel, no. So, all who are in it. So, God is God who created heaven and earth. Yes, once upon a time He has chosen people of Israel. But people of Israel is only the peoples of all earths. 
Only part of it. But now the Lord says, Hear, O people, all of you, listen, O earth, and all who are in it. So you see, brothers and sisters, anyone who dwells on this earth, they ought to have a ear to hear. Because now Micah has some word for them. God has something to say. So then we see what God is going to say. So that's how it began the first part. And because this whole book is a poem. It is a poetic way to show forth the God's will. So among all the minor prophets, Many people they like to read Micah. Why? Because this is really a wonderful poem. Even you don't know Hebrew well. Now either from Chinese or English. In some way you can catch a glimpse of the poetic feeling there. So now, so he said, Hear, O people, all of you, listen, O earth, and all who are in it. That's the sovereign God may witness against you. The law from his holy temple. Remember, this holy temple is the holy temple of the universe. This is not a holy temple in Jerusalem. He come down from heaven. Now, he, when he is in the temple, as if he has nothing to say. But now you want to say something. You have to hear. Because he's no longer just in the temple. Now remember verse 3. Look, the Lord is coming from the dwelling place. He comes down and tread the high place of the earth. So now you know that that's not the not the holy temple in in Jerusalem. He is really come from throne of God from in the universe. He is the one who created heaven and earth. Do you see that? That's why who is a God? Who uh, who is a God like you. Who is a God like the like the law of the universe? So from this picture, you know that of course he is different. He is the creator. And more than that, when you come to verse 4, the mountains melt beneath him. And the valley is split up. Like wax before the fire. Like water rushing down a slope. So you see, brothers and sisters, that's our God. Who is God like our God? That's the message of Micah. So that's the first part. Then you come to the second part. Chapter, uh, then it, it is chapter 3. Verse 1. Then I said, Hear, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel. Do you see that? Here, talk about. No. 
Alright. Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel. Now even the people of the people have divided. But you know when God speaks to the leaders among the God's people. He used the word Jacob and Israel. That means he addressed to the people of Israel in general. But then, of course, then you you find the audience now are the leaders of Jacob and the rulers of the house of Israel. You who hate good and love evil. Who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones? So and so on and so on and so on and so now, when our spiritual condition becomes very low, now our moral situation definitely will low. You see, brothers and sisters, when you talk about people of Israel, they are supposed to live in the presence of the Lord. If they really live in the presence of the Lord, they are supposed to be the testimony for the Lord. So definitely, their moral standard is the highest standard. The Ten Commandments speak of that higher standard of moral law of God. But the sad story is, when you come to chapter 3, you see the moral condition in Jerusalem. You see the moral condition in Samaria. To your surprise, now with these people, you should not try this kind of you should not try such a description upon the leaders here. But brother sister, how real it is. In the church today, strictly speaking, now when the the, the stand the high standard or moral standard is there, it's a shame for you to talk about such something like this. But brother sister, now you see Micah, he had to be honest. He know that today we say we are in the presence of the Lord. Not important thing. How do we act? In the, in, before people, before the world. So to our surprise, brothers and sisters, the moral standard, can, moral situation can be so low. Just one proof. According to the name, Judah. Israel, Jacob, should speak of the presence of the Lord. But they are far, far from the Lord. If you talk about his kingdom, you definitely talk about his righteousness. Brother, sister, what is his righteousness? Remember, 
when you are far, far from the presence of God, and then you find these words, really from the mouth of Micah. And finally, when we come to chapter 6, and hear what the Lord says, Stand up, plead your case before the mountains. Now verse 2, Hear, O mountains, the Lord's charge. The Lord's charge. Listen, you everlasting foundation of the earth. Now, the word 争辩的话 means the Lord's accusation. It, is, it means the Lord's charge. It means Lord's charge. For the Lord has a case against his people, he is lodging a charge against Israel. You see, when God used that kind of that kind of expression, he put the mountains in the in in the in the position just like a jurist today in the court. Today, just like in just like the juries in the court today. So stand up. Hear your case before the mountains. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's, the Lord's accusations. Listen, you everlasting foundation of the earth. For the Lord has a case against the people, he's lodging a charge against Israel. So, if you read on, and then again, you will discover so-called God's accusation. As if God accused them. Actually, God tried to argue with them. Now, brothers and sisters, when you listen carefully, if you were mountains, if you were foundations, and when God says something against His people, what kind of spirit is that? What kind of tone is that? So if you really read that portion, now brothers, immediately, gradually, you really, your eyes will be opened. Who is a God like Him? So brothers and sisters, now, who is our God? If you come to the last three verses, that's the conclusion. That's also the key to the whole book. After you read through the whole book, that the conclusion is the last three verses. Who is God like you? Who pardons sins and forgives the transgression? Here talk about sin and transgression. The word of the word of a prophet was so harsh. God even put mountain and earth as juries. God has some word against them. 
神总是敌着敌挡我们的罪。So my brothers and remember who is God like you?记得谁是像有何事像？Now he should punish the sin.他应该这个。He should judge sin.他应该靠这个呃审判这个罪。However，但是，and he pardon our sin.但是他赦免我们的。He forgive our transgression。Brother who are these people? Only the people of this world? No. The people of this earth, they ought to hear. Now, this thing is nothing in general. This thing is the transgression of the remnants of his inheritance. Brother, sister, what remnants? Remnant means this. After God's judgment, and you find someone still alive, they call remnants. The whole people of God are supposed to be His inheritance. People of Jacob, people of Israel, Israel. now all His inheritance. Now, brothers, their sins God never tolerates. The judgment hand will be in the, uh, upon them. The judgment always starts from the house of God. So, my brothers, God is God of holiness. God is like fire. God hates sin. Not hate the sins of the world. Brother, sister, we already been separated. We have been redeemed. We have been chosen. We have become his inheritance. Brother, sister, do you think that God will let us go just like that? No, not at all. The discipline has always upon us. So remember, after his way of disciplining his way of discipline remember you think almost we cannot survive who can survive is such a God who is a God like him but then you discover we are the remnant do you see that we are the, almost like leftover you see so remember when we become the remnant, then you discover he pardoned the sins and forgiven this transgression of the remnant of inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Verse 19. You again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all the iniquities into the depths of the sea. 
What happened, brother? God couldn't remember our sin anymore. He threw all our iniquity into the depths of the ocean. And he tread our sins underfoot. This is our God. This is our God who loves us so much. But one question happened. One question If God is God of righteousness, He definitely will judge. He judged the people of the world. He also judged His chosen people. These chosen people, they know better. They know more. They know more. They on the part of God. So when you go through the whole book of Micah, you almost went through the history of Israel. You still remember the day of glory in the time of David and Solomon. Then how the glory depart from that kingdom. How that kingdom being divided? When their kingdom is in its glory. When the kingdom is prime day, the best day, their best day. Remember, brothers, all the people of Israel. Supposed to show forth the glory and the beauty of God. Look at them. And study them. They supposed to be represent their God. But unfortunately, that's what happened. So for that reason, when you come to the, come back to chapter one, and, and the ver, ver, uh, and verse five, all this is because of Jacob's transgression. Because of sins of the house of Israel. Brother Sister, when you find the Jacob's transgression and all the sins of the house of Israel, can we say that they are still the testimony of God? They misrepresent God. They put themselves in the same level as the worldly people. Then the first part, first two chapters, when God spoke, He addressed to all people, all of them who dwell on this earth. Now God no longer can he can no, no longer stay in the holy temple. He will come down. He will judge his own people. His hand will be upon them. For that reason, you find the mountain melt down before him. The valley split apart. Like wax before the fire. Now who are these people of Israel? Do you see that? If God came out from His holy temple, how could they stand before God? So this means this is righteousness of God. 
Why his children sin against him? So, when his children remember, brothers, here you find the judgment. Here you find the discipline hand of God. And for that reason, you find the first prophecy here is being fulfilled. Now that was the time of Jotham. And also Ahaz. Also Hezekiah. Now remember, if it's still Jotham, Samaria was still there. If it's, uh, if it's Ahaz, Samaria was still there. But if you still the first four years of Hezekiah, this has, uh, is still there. But remember, after 40 of Hezekiah, where is Samaria? Versus, therefore I will make Samaria a, help, a heap of rubble. A place for planting vineyards. I will pour his stones into the valley and lay bare her foundations. What happened to Samaria? About 722 years before Christ. And the army of Assyria. And besieged the city of Samaria. Later destroyed the whole city. Today, if you visit Shikhan, the area of Shikhan, you will visit a, a, a city of Samaria lying down in the waste. Because their stones, their rocks, being poured into the valley. No wonder the foundation of the city all her idols were broken into pieces. Brothers and sisters, you see that? Immediately you find the hand of God was so heavy upon the people of Samaria. So, verse 8. Because of this, I will weave and well, I will go about barefoot and naked. I will haul like a jackal and mourn like an owl. So, so For her wound is incurable. It has come to Judah. It has reached the very gate of my people, even to Jerusalem itself. Now, because of sin of Samaria, so the capital of the northern kingdom being destroyed. So, Micah said her wound is incurable. Now, unfortunately, it has come to Judah. It has reached the very gate of my people, even to Jerusalem itself. Do you see what is the very gate of my people? They talk of Jerusalem. So you see, brothers, not only the prophecy against Samaria, also, also Jerusalem. You see? And uh, and then, when we come to chapter 2, Woe to those who plan iniquity. 
Now, brothers and sisters, that's what happened in Jerusalem. Some people are planning iniquity. Now, at the morning, they put everything into action. When their spiritual condition is low, their moral condition, of course, also low. Now, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, if you are planning, I'm also planning. So, when you come to the verse 3, therefore, the Lord said, I am planning disaster against these people. You see, these people plan iniquity. God said, I am planning disaster against these people. From which you cannot save yourself. You will no longer walk proudly, for it will be a time of calamity. Now remember, in the time of Micah, Micah saw the sins and the transgression in that in the city. But now the judgment, verse 4, in that day, men will ridicule you. They will crown you with this mournful song. We are utterly ruined. My people's possession is divided up. He takes it from me. He assigns our field to traitors. Isn't that what happened today in Jerusalem? And many people of Israel say, this land is ours. Judea, uh, Samaria, no, Judea and Samaria is ours. Many people say, yes, according to the word of God, definitely belong to them. But brothers and sisters, very interesting. After so many years, when they were wandering in the whole world, God has given that piece of land to others. But today you come back to claim that's yours. But think about it. How do you describe the whole situation? So just like what he says, my people's possession divide up. He takes it from me. It's no longer in my hands. That's why Palestinians said this is ours. For more than 1,000 years, they are ours. But remember, in the beginning, definitely belonged to Jerusalem. So we see, brothers and sisters, because they were planning iniquities, they take others' possessions. Now the Lord wants to hold the whole world to see. Now other people take their positions. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? Very interesting. If you visit Israel today, you will discover, according to the word of God, so-called Judea and Samaria. 
actually supposed to be inheritance of your Israel. But it is West Bank today. Now when when Palestinian really claim when if one day if Palestinian really established their country. Now you know this West Bank all belong to him. And now people of Israel is willing to give back that to them. Now where is people of Israel today? They were in. They were in. Uh, they, they, they are in. Uh, in Tel Aviv. And many, many of them, they are in the in the coastal land, coastal coastal plain. So you see, brothers and sisters, this is just the other way around. In the beginning, people of Israel should be in high place. Philistine always on the coast. But now, when they are in the disciplined hand of God, all things just reverse. You see, now the people of Israel in the coastal land. Of course, except that Gaza trip. The strip, the different story. But if later, so finally, if this West Bank really go back to the hand of Israel, now remember, so-called Judea and Samaria. It is today's West Bank. It all will be in their hands. So brothers, how do you describe the whole situation? The prophet Micah tried to describe so vividly. You remember the story. David against Goliath. David was only a boy. And Esau tried, no, Saul tried to give him the, uh, the, the armor. That's too big for him. He couldn't have that armor. So he's just a boy. His weapon is just five stones. Now Goliath is different. Goliath are all armored. But then, very interesting. Finally, David was able to defeat Goliath. What happened today? All the people of Israel have armor given by United States. You have armor, you have helicopter, you have all kind of rockets. Now, this is Israel today. In the image of Goliath. But where are the Palestinians? Now you find that in, in before the before the, uh, the the television. So all Palestinian boys everywhere in the battlefield. So you see, brothers, everything just reversed. How do you explain what happened? The word of God is so so clear. So, brothers and sisters, and uh, when so that that's why. Uh, but even that, God has a word of comfort. So, verse twelve. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. Even they sing against God. And they have been uh, uh, scattered to all over the world. But the Lord promised them. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. 
I will surely bring together the remnants of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in Bosra, like a flock in its pasture. The place will throng with people. Not only so that's the first part. That's the first part about the sin and the transgression of people of Israel. Not only the people, also their leaders. So you see now when we come to the second part. Now it is very clear. We see that we we see now God God was was against the leaders. Now verse twelve. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become heap of rubble. The Temple Hill a mound overgrown with thickets. Brothers sisters, in the time of Hezekiah, now he probably thought the whole thing uh, he probably thought that's what uh, uh, he probably uh, he probably thought that uh, Assyria will do something like this. No. And it's until you, this prophecy was fulfilled. It's, uh, it's uh, in the time of 70 AD. Now, when Jerusalem was besieged and destroyed by Roman soldiers, and not only that, from that time on, the whole Temple Mountain almost like a garbage place. No doubt, it's literally the Temple Hill, a mound overgrown with the thickets. And then Jerusalem become a Roman city. So even you don't use the word Jerusalem. Everything turned to pagan. Why? They say crucify him, crucify him. Let the blood, uh, that, that blood be upon uh, us and our, our descendants. But thank the Lord. Then the Lord said, chapter 4, verse 1, However, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. This just follow the last verse. The temple hill become a mound ever grown with but in the last days, you see, the Temple Mount will be the highest among all the mountains. So that means when our Lord comes back, brothers and sisters, you will see. Now the Temple Mount is no longer is no longer uh, a mound over. Grow, uh, overgrown with the kids. And then again the comfort. Verse 6. In that day declare the Lord. I will gather the lame. I will assemble the exile. And those I have brought to grief. I will make the lame a remnant. 
though driven away a strong nation. Now, most important word is the phrase this. I will make the land a remnant. No, verse 7. I will make the lamb a remnant. I will make the lamb a remnant. Now, if we our time is gone. But if you really go through the whole book, and you discover, now Israel, the, the, the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom, they all speak of children of God. But with the southern kingdom, with the people in, in, uh, in the southern kingdom, because they are responsible for the temple and the city and the Jerusalem. So you know that the response the, the testimony of God is upon their shoulder. But you talk about ten tribes. They don't care about the testimony. They have another center of worship. So after they are captured, they never come back. The reason is very simple. They don't care about the Lord's testimony. But these people Yes, the hand of God will be upon them. But when they come back, they will become the remnants of God. In other words, they ought to die in, in ought to die in Babylon. But still, handful of people come back to Jerusalem. Do you see that? Now the shoulder, the the testimony is still upon their shoulders. Now, brothers, these people, they all become lame. They all become crippled. Somehow, God has done something in the thigh of Jacob. Jacob still walking. But every time, every step, you see the grace of God. So, brother, sisters, that's why when the Lord said, I will make the lame a remnant. These people, after the judgment, after the judgment, after the discipline, after the discipline, they are no longer as healthy as a normal person. So remember, these are the remnants. So my brothers, when you come to the third part, when you see how God wants uh, uh, the mountain to hear his word of argument. And then you see what were the words of our Lord. And chapter 6, verse 3. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. That is argument. What is that? What? My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. 
I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and also Aaron and Miriam. Last phrase, remember your journey from Shittim to Gigal that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Then, when we come to verse 6, brothers and sisters, who is able to answer that question? The remnant hear that word. You see, what that shall I come before the Lord and how bow down before the exalted God? You see, brothers and sisters, when we before the jury on mountain and the earth, when we hear the word, my people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. So here is the answer of the remnants. And then, what then, verse 8, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. Now listen, every overcomer in the church. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Very simple. That's how we can come back to Him. But we still neglect one thing. We, we somehow, we, uh, we, 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 we neglect chapter 5. But that's very important. You see, brother, sister, why people have to come back to Jerusalem? Not only Jerusalem should be rebuilt, Bethlehem also should be rebuilt. So that's why chapter 5 is most important chapter. Because only when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now you see, brothers and sisters, you find that some people will come back to Jerusalem. And then when God said, and uh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. Now, brothers, with them we are able to say, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before exalted God? And because our Lord was to say, it's a, because our Lord was born in Bethlehem. So the Savior is born. Now, brothers and sisters, we are able to say, Who is God like you? Who pardons the sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his sin? 
Why you can pardon? Why you can forgive? Because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He died for us on, in that wicked city called Jerusalem. Thank the Lord. Finally, brothers and sisters, and then we discover, and He, you again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all the iniquities into the depths of the sea. Brothers and sisters, now this story not only happened to people of Israel, this also happened to the church. You see, the northern kingdom represent the church in general. They do not care about God's testimony. They are saved. And they belong to the Lord. They love one another. But whether they are going to Jerusalem or not, that's a different story. So, brothers and sisters, when we are all under the discipline hand of God, you see, both of them were captured. <coughs> Both of them, both of them, they were away from their home. But thank the Lord. Because when they come back to Jerusalem, when they are come back for the work, for the sake of Savior, when Bethlehem is, when Bethlehem is rebuilt, then Jesus should be born in Bethlehem. When Jesus Become, uh, when Jesus is our Savior, now we begin to know who is a God like our God. With love, with pardons, with forgiveness, and we are the remnants of His inheritance. But we are Jacob. We became lamb. We become criminal. We still walk in His way. But every step remind the world of His grace. I think that's all about this book. Roughly, uh, this is the general idea. Now, if you really go into deeper, the Lord will continue to speak to us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we really commit this word into your hands. Translate this word into our hearts. We know as if it is quite difficult. There are many backgrounds that we do not understand. But we thank you. We can see, we can appreciate the spirit of this word. We pray that Holy Spirit will apply this word into our hearts. Only you know how we plan our iniquities. Only you know our wicked hearts. When our spiritual state, when our spiritual condition is low, you know how terrible our situation. By your, by your blood, we come back to you again. We confess our sins. Thank you, Lord. You are the God full of love. Who is who uh, is God like our? So we thank you, Lord. May the God of Micah belong up it be become our God. We thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.